Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. Emily, yesterday I got. A message on Instagram oh. from a listener, Kells Rusk, and she was at Waitress. There was a dog in the front row. What the fuck? Now, later, it was confirmed by her that this dog is, in fact, Tinkerbell. Okay. Um, she There was an usher standing right there, so I was like, I mentioned that, and she went and asked the usher, and the usher said... That the policy is if it's a service dog, it's fine. I don't know if Tinkerbell is a service dog. If Tinkerbell is a service dog, the rules are the rules, whatever. Well, we need confirmation. I mean, I'm assuming that this specific Tinkerbell is if the usher was standing right there and said that. Right? Well, sure. I would think that uh, it depends on the usher. We've seen very apathetic ushers. That's true. That's true. Uh, also, it's not necessarily the usher's job, I would think. It's the person who brings Take them into the theater. Right. Is that Well, a, that's an usher. Well, not like into the house, but like as you enter the theater, when they check your bag, when they take your ticket, oh, is that a dog you have? Right, right, right. <laughs> like if someone gets into the theater with a dog and I'm an usher and whatever the the rules are for that particular theater, how it's done, I would probably think someone cleared this dog. Hmm. Yeah. But regardless of whether Tinkerbell is a service dog, Kells Rusk also gave me an update later that said that Tinkerbell is somehow affiliated with Broadway World and doing some sort of feature. What? What? I need more information. So So, I'm confused. Broadway World is like, we're going to have a dog go see all the Broadway shows. So it's not an emotional support dog. It's a theater dog. Maybe. Also, there is a difference legally between an emotional support dog and a service dog. Absolutely there is. Emotional support animals are great and necessary. And basically you register them as such so that if you live in an apartment where you can't have animals, they will legally have to let you have that animal. Yeah. But you can't bring that animal into a restaurant. Nope. A service animal you can. Right. So who knows what or if Tinkerbell is registered as, but it's apparently a correspondent for Broadway World. (laughs) What the fuck? I think a lot of the dogs that we're seeing are Tinkerbell. I don't think they Mm. all are. Yeah, no, especially if if there's something going on with Broadway World and the abundance of dog activity at theaters. <laughs> yeah. It's good to know that it's probably mostly one dog. Yeah. And that there isn't some sort of dog. Like, I have been going crazy because it's like every time we hear about a dog in a theater, it's like another one. Yeah. How could all of a sudden, or have there been dogs attending the theater with this much abundance 
that we just didn't know about previously? That is also a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Well, thank you for your diligent reporting. Yeah. Hells Rusk. And please, please continue. Just keep an Everybody. Eye out. Yeah. Keep an eye out for dogs. If you see a dog, be our investigative journalist on the ground mm-hmm. and ask that dog about its life story. <laughs> ask that dog if it works for Broadway World. Do you think Tinkerbell has a press pass? We don't have press passes. Does Tinkerbell have a little hat with a little press thing stuck <laughs> in it? Also, Tinkerbell was wearing a t-shirt. Oh, man. Moving on to actual theater stuff. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of rumblings about West End transfers. Exciting. One being the, like, lauded Olivier winning performance, or pro- production of Gypsy. Yes, queen. Yes, queen. yes please I think everyone knows our position is it's never too soon for a gypsy revival never gypsy's the best show I would love to see gypsy again yeah like a a great production you know definitely and I would be super interested to to just see what you thought about it because that Mm. was such a specific time and a specific Mm -hmm. experience for you yeah I mean, I loved it, obviously, but it wasn't, it didn't play such a role in my life at that point in time. Oh, I just loved it so much. Put it in my top five. Yeah. Understandably. I love Patty LuPone. <laughs> she looked me in the eyeballs. Like, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Melda Staunton's really great. <sighs> well, yeah, yeah. Remember that time when I made you come to the Gypsy stage door with me, even though we hadn't seen the show, because I had that Avita record with me that I wanted Patti LuPone to sign in a silver Sharpie. Yeah, and I was very uncomfortable. I don't know. I'm always... I'm like less weird about it now. Well, like, we still haven't gotten to the root of why you are so... Why your your brain thinks that the actors coming out of the door are always going to know that you didn't see the show tonight and, like, <laughs> look at you in the eyes and then point and be like, fraud, fraud! Well, now I think I know that they don't know that. <laughs> but I also feel like people, like, I'm in the way of the people who did see the show. <laughs> and that right. I think is a, still a little legitimate like like all those people sure. who would wait outside of how to succeed when Joe Jonas I mean when Nick Jonas was in it and didn't see the show but they were like we love Nick Jonas right I don't have a problem with stage dooring when you didn't see the show if you need to get something signed if you're just there to like hang out and say sure. hi keep it to a minimum don't be a creepy <laughs> stalker person I mean we but did like, do it once uh, for a birthday mission we got the I, Xanadu done that poster many signed times. for yeah, that's our friend true. Evan at the Best Man, and we didn't see that, and I was fine with that. Yeah, and I forced you to get that. Come with me to get that Avita record, and that mm-hmm. Avita record is signed, and it's beautiful. I mean, that's looking back on it now. You know who who gives a shit? Like I'm glad <laughs> you got that done. Patty LuPone doesn't care because then we also made our video where even though we had seen. Women on the Verge, where we brought the Patty Lapone poster, obviously, and had it right. signed. So I have evolved. Of course, when's the last mm-hmm. time we did a stage door? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> long, time, long time. Long time. 
I feel like maybe for me it was the heiress with Jessica Chastain and cousin Matthew uh, from Downton Abbey. I'm not sure after that. Well, but we staged doored if then. Because LaShawn oh, signed yeah. something for me. Didn't she sign your Dessa Rose playbill? Yeah, yeah. Were those the same season? I can't remember. <laughs> I think the the heiress oh, was okay. earlier than If Then. Because If Then was like not yeah. that long ago. I think that was the last time I like took a picture at the stage door. The heiress. Yeah. Yeah. Jessica mm-hmm. Chastain. Yeah, probably. And my mom asked me which. It was me and my friend Meg and Jessica Chastain. And my mom was like, which one was in the show? And I was like, Meg, my mom thinks you might be Jessica Chastain. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's funny. I, like, was – God, I wish I could remember when I saw the heiress. What was going on? I was, like, going through something. Well, let me look it up. And then we can figure out what you were going through and talk about it on this podcast. Because – because I had I, – I was, like, had never seen that show before and, like, had a lot of feelings, a lot of feminist feelings yeah, sure. about it. Because, Understandably. You know, I, I understand the feminism uh, from the time period, but, like, as a modern feminist, I was sort of devastated by the ending. Spoiler alert! If you don't know the heiress, you uh, had plenty of time to know it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it takes um, place in 1850, so – yeah, if you don't want to know these spoilers, like just hit that skip fifteen seconds yeah, a few yeah, times. Yeah. Um like at the end when she's like all alone, I was like, That's so sad. You can be a feminist and have love. We can have mm-hmm. it all. Um and then at the stage door I asked Jessica Chastain, I was like, Does she ever like do you think maybe later in life she like has love in her like love with a romantic love or something like that she was like no i think the love she has all of her love was for like the orphans and helping other people and stuff and i just got really upset Mm. and like started crying and was like and i think jessica chastain thought i was like a dumb girl who was like but boys that's not and i was like i was like no girl no girl but yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, the heiress was the season before If Then, so you were right. It was 2012 to 2013 was the heiress, and If Then was 2014 to 2015. Yeah, yeah. Jessica, the heiress was the season before If Then. I don't remember how I felt about the heiress. That's, that's it. I mean, (laughs) I I I I enjoyed the show very, very much, but I don't remember having a visceral reaction, which is strange because it seems like a show I would have had a visceral reaction to. Hmm. Yeah. Like, especially that, like, ending up alone aspect. (laughs) Well, the end is interesting because on the one hand, it's, like, really triumphant, but then it's also, it's, like, it's triumphant because she gets to stick it to the guy that hurt her, Mm, like, in a beautiful way. But it's also sad because because of that experience, she basically is like, I don't believe in love for myself. Love is dead. I will never have love, which is sad. But the other thing that's difficult is like, like, girls, you think it's hard to find a woke man in 2016. (laughs) 
how the fuck hard do you think it was to find a woke man in like 1880? Like there's like one maybe. So it's tough. Yeah. But the ending is sort of like bittersweet because you get to watch her like treat that man the way he mm-hmm. treated her, which yeah. is great. But then you're also like, no, it sucks that you're living in the 1800s and you're so woke. Somebody's got to be the first. I mean, about like, about like gender. That's still, we're still figuring that out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how did we get here? Stage doors. I have no idea. Stage doors. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's get back on track. The other West End (laughs) potential transfer is... Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard. I have very conf- conflicted, complicated feelings Me about this. Too. I want to see it. I want to see Sunset Boulevard. I mean, Glenn Close is supposed to be super great, but like, also on the other hand, Glenn Close, Sunset Boulevard. I mean, we can't like, really blame Glenn Close, can we? I mean, it's not really fair no. to do that because she took a job. Yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not no, really know, blaming Glenn Close, but, and it's not like, it's not like, yeah, it just sort of feels like treading on Patty's territory. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's like a, a betrayal Where It's of like, Patty. we're not anti-Glenn Close. We love Glenn Close. We just don't think that Glenn Close should set up her lemonade stand right in front of Patty Lapone's house. <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't know, Glenn. Maybe you can move that lemonade stand somewhere else. Do it in yeah. L.A. But also, but also I want to see, wanna it. see exactly. it. So, Patty, you're fine. I mean, you have a great. pool. And she'll relish. She'll also, relish it because it'll renew this whole talk about her. Yeah. I mean, also, like, part of me is I really want to see Sunset Boulevard and... Glenn Close is not my top pick first, you know. No, yeah, that well, part. especially because even though we haven't seen her in it, we have a, a, on some level an imprint of her performance. Do is, we? Did, wasn't it recorded? Like not, not I video, never saw it. but oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't think so. Let me. I see. don't think her her she. I don't think hers was recorded, but I, I mean, I could be wrong. Um, but like I would ra- I mean just personally like I, I think Glenn Close is a good actor and stuff I'm assuming she has a good voice as well <laughs> well yeah I don't know um, wait a second okay well like hmm I was just remembering that I did see that Glenn Close South Pacific oh that's right when she's like a hundred oh my god it was a big flaming pile of garbage that one not that long ago, it came up on my time hop. So I was like l- reliving it through reading my tweets about it. When I like watched That's it, I was funny. like stumbled upon it on TV. And I was like, Harry Connick Jr. There's like a, a mother-son <laughs> thing happening there. Like, how did that cast? How? How? Who put the fucking money in that? Who put the money in it? Who, who was behind that? Who was like, yeah, yeah. You know who makes a super great Nellie Forbush, this 18-year-old nurse, <laughs> wide-eyed and out in the world? Like a 40-year-old woman. That doesn't make any sense. I just don't understand why it Me happened. Either. It's It was like that. Remember when we tried to watch that Bye Bye Birdie? 
And we watched like 10 minutes of it and we're like, nope. The Jason, no, Jason no. Alexander, what, bye, bye, bye. Vanessa Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Time I do daily. remember that. We didn't watch it. Yeah, oh my like God. 10 minutes into it, we were like, nope, 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 nope. I want to see Sunset Boulevard with any of the following actors. Carolee Carmelo, Donna Murphy, Marin <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Um, oh my God. LaShawn's. Um, can we get oh, some Heather yeah. Headley in there? We could do some Leah Salonga. She's maybe a little bit too younger. Maybe I just read her as younger. How yeah, old maybe. is Leah Salonga? She's what, like in her late 30s? Maybe her early no. 40s? Leah Salonga's 45, so mid 40s. Smack yeah, yeah, dab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I'm not. And the Glenn Close, the Glenn Close Sunset Boulevard was recorded, uh, audio anyway. Oh, okay. Well, you know, whatever. I know it's not the same, but you know what I mean. Like we do, that exists somewhere where we can sort of get a taste of Glenn Close's performance. (sighs) Who else? Who else? Oh my God! Like everybody. Like how? And and I mean, it's sort of Mama Rosie, where like. There's a wide range, age range you can be yeah. because it's just like fading actress. Right. And especially at the time, that was probably a, a, a smaller range and a younger actress. Definitely. Where now, it can, you know, she can be a little older. Definitely. How about a Sunset like Boulevard? Audra? Oh. I mean. Yeah. What about a Sunset Boulevard movie with Barbara Streisand? I'm a little more for that than The Gypsy. Oh, yeah, me too, actually. I would definitely go for that before I would go for Barbara Streisand Gypsy. Yeah. Which, were there any updates on that? No. Okay. Arthur Lawrence (laughs) is dead. I think that was the last update we got. (laughs) (laughs) Arthur Lawrence died and Barbara Streisand was like, yes, yes. Now my plan can move forward. (laughs) (laughs) She's just like in her basement shops. (laughs) Being like, and then Gypsy will take over the world. Yeah, she's just like pinky in the brain. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Barbara. Remember when we saw Guilt Trip? (laughs) Yeah. That was a good movie. The movie was pretty funny. (laughs) Should watch it again. Well, I mean, we'll see about Sunset Boulevard and Gypsy. Yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh, well, speaking of Andrew Lloyd Webber, I actually don't have this on the list, but I just thought of it right now. Did you see that anti-cats campaign that was going on? I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I'm sorry, what? (laughs) What? Somebody had the time and energy to be like, don't bring cats to Broadway? So, friend of the show, Jose Simbulon posted a picture of a cat, a flyer he saw in Brooklyn that says, Stop the Return of the Musical Cats. <laughs> Wednesday, May 4th at 5 p.m., a protest march in Maria Hernandez Park. It says, Meet at the park, then march to Broadway over the Williamsburg Bridge, down to Delancey to Broadway, and up to Times Square at 42nd what? Street. What? Oh, you're marching to Broadway in Brooklyn and then over the Williamsburg Bridge and then down to Lansing to Broadway in Manhattan. Wait, so they're doing like a 10-mile 
March to... I don't think this is actually going to happen. I mean, maybe like three uh, people will do it. Yeah. Um, It says, Cats the Musical is poised to return to Broadway on July 14th, 2016. What? That's soon? Okay. This cannot happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Why? Why? (laughs) It is an insult to the theater arts and the general populace. Continue. <laughs> the musical has no plot. The music is terrible. The costumes are humiliating. Hey, you don't know what the fucking the, costumes look like. The choreography doesn't even resemble feline movement. <laughs> oh my god. As a nation, we owe it to future generations to stop this musical from coming back to life. March and be heard. So then there's also an email address and it says email please lord stop cats at gmail.com please for more information. <laughs> but whoever made this flyer is an idiot. Why? Because they didn't actually make that email address. LOL. So you know who registered it? Annoying actor friend. Oh, that's great. So he has a great post about, like, some of the emails. After he registered it, some of the emails that he got. I'm not going to read them all. Most of them are in support of hating cats. That's funny. Um, There's a couple that... (laughs) This one just says, the subject is, you're a twat. (laughs) And then there's more, like... Somebody just sent a a picture of a flyer for cats in Canada. (laughs) Oh my god. It's really great. That it just is was so like funny. Magic. Do you think the original flyer was just like a prank? I think so. Uh I mean, I don't know. Let me look at what Jose posted again cuz I don't know if he said where in Brooklyn. Let me see. Oh, you know what? He didn't post it. My bad. My bad. Let me credit the proper person. Hmm. Adam Thompson posted it. I don't know who that cool. is. Cool. <laughs> I think he's an actor. Uh, and then Jose, you know, showed it to the world. Oh, so <laughs> funny. Yeah. So Wednesday, May 4th at 5 p.m. The hatred of cats is real. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. I I just, I don't know. I want to, if it's a real thing, if someone really hates cats that much, I want to talk to them. Yeah, see what's going on there. I want to know everything about their entire life that would lead them to have such a fiery passion against cats that they would make flyers. Yeah, it's like it's like the opposite of repeat attenders. <laughs> like, why did you see Starlight Express 157 times versus why did you start a protest march against cats? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Hilariously, both Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Uh-huh. Well, Andrew Lloyd. very divisive. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> More Hamilton hubbub. Oh, good. This is sort of a return conversation. A while back, there was talk of how the, I don't know if this was widely reported or if just because we're in the community, mm-hmm. but how the cast. Asked was, for 1%. Yeah, we're angling for for part of a musical that they created, yeah. that they helped create. It's, again, a part of a wider conversation of workshop contracts versus lab contracts. Labs, you get paid more up front, but you don't get a profit share. Workshops, you get paid less, but you get a profit share. 
Stephanie J. Block gets wicked money. Thank God. From her workshops. So then this week, it the talk was renewed because Vulture posted an article breaking down the profits of Hamilton. Which is also funny because the headline is, who's getting rich off Hamilton? Everybody. Right. And that but everybody is not is getting rich off so Hamilton. so shitty. Like, what an ironic title for your article. Well, I guess it's really frustrating because it, it makes sense business-wise in general only because the people who you think about the people who put money into it are the people who are then getting money out of it. But it but in in art it's more complicated than that. And I guess in all business because if you're like, "Hey, I created this product for you. if you work for a tech company, they own whatever you come up with." You know what I mean? So it's a similar sort of situation where those people probably try to well, I created this app for this larger company. I want a portion of sales from this app, not just my regular salary. Right. And that might be a thing that you have to negotiate each time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway. It's just so, it's just, the, I have to say, the thing that made me so fucking angry reading that article and getting the breakdown is finding out that Lin-Manuel Miranda's Father makes 1% as a creative consultant. He makes 1% of the profits a week as a creative consultant. And I'm not saying right. that he's not deserving of that because, exactly. sure, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe Lynn's process was integral with his father. And, and he, and also, like, whatever, when you make it, that's the type of stuff you want to do. You want to set up your family and the people around you and be like, yo, part of my contract is that my dad gets 1% because now I know that my dad and my family is set and I'm set and yeah. we're set and we're being lifted up together. That's awesome. Right. But go fuck yourself for not getting the cast a shared 1%. If you can negotiate for your father to get 1% creative, you could have stuck with your cast. There's, I mean, it's just like, I'm sure plenty of people would be like, you can't blame Lynn for this. But I can because if he can negotiate for his father to get 1%, he definitely could have negotiated for the cast. There's absolutely, like if he had wanted the cast to get 1% percent shared he could have made that happen and he didn't and the fact that we're talking about it and this means that he's on the other side of that because if he was sticking with the cast and wanted the cast to get that share i'm that's in his that's well within his power like i have a hard time believing it's not within his power to do that are you done yeah (laughs) i definitely agree like so obviously jeffrey seller is the lead producer so essentially he calls the shots Mm. but like, there's no way you can tell me that if Lynn didn't go into that room and wasn't like, which at the time, everybody was like, oh, good for Lynn. He's standing with the cast. Mm-hmm. And they did get some sort of settlement, the terms of which the public doesn't know. Right. So it seems like he's behind them. And again, who knows what's actually going on, but it seems like this was maybe information about his dad's profit sharing that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. And then right. it comes out. Right, because if you negotiated for something being like, listen, all the percents are going, you know, it's producers and it's this and it's that and everything, you know, and like here, well, we have this settlement. You're like, okay. And then later finding out that the father of the creator, like that he, that Lynn negotiated $100,000 a week for his father and didn't do that for them. Yeah, that is like, that is a dagger in the heart. Sorry. 
Well, and I think I did the math based on this. Uh, it's like $9,000 a week. But that $9,000 a week for one percentage is what the cast was asking to share. Yeah. That's for this production. Other Once other productions will, were added, that would grow and grow. But they created these, like, it's just a, it's a messy situation that, again, because Hamilton is so big mm-hmm. and there are so many eyes on it, it is allowing these conversations to become a lot louder. Yeah. And it sucks for the cast, and hopefully more can be worked out. They can figure this mm-hmm. out so it's not an awful situation. Mm-hmm. But it, there is, on some level, that good coming out of it, the casting issues, the diversity issues, and these money issues that are just being so magnified right. because, because this is such a huge situation. Like the lab contracts were to protect those smaller shows that don't have money to share their profits that are like failures. Right. (laughs) Like you put years into it and then you end up having to share your profits of a failed show with everyone who participated, which is still understandable, but it's harder. But it ends up helping these these producers. These like big time producers with plenty of money. Right. Right. Yeah. It's bullshit. It's capitalism in action. Yeah. Taking all the money away from the little man that's doing all the work. Ugh. Mm, well, <laughs> well, let's lift up our spirits. Yes, please. And talk about how Heather Headley is joining the color purple. Oh my god! Come I just I I don't even know how to process such wonderful information. <laughs> like it's heather headley and she's gonna i'm gonna see her and not only am i gonna see her i'm seeing her in the color purple <sighs> so, i know right so excited. and like i i guess you know she always had this contract but i was a little surprised that jennifer was leaving so early when she leave uh, in Mar in May, oh. before the Tonys. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, girl. I guess she doesn't want a Tony. I think she does want a Tony. I mean, I think she wants that EGOT, but I think she either when it was negotiated, maybe the season wasn't as packed. Mm. Slash, like even if she wants it. She's got other shit to do. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and she's also going up against Renee. Well, right. This is what I mean. Like, I mean, I don't know when she negotiated this or or how much she even knows about any of that. Or, like, paid attention to it. Or right. her, You know, I don't think that that would be her main motivation for doing the show no. with the Tony. But I do think she definitely wouldn't mind that ego. Of course not. But also, she's so well-received that she, you know, there's, I think she can come back and feel comfortable with coming back and doing a different show. And, like, knowing she can do it and she can handle the eight shows a week and all of the above, you know? More Jennifer Hudson on Broadway. Yes, ma'am. She... She was on the Idol finale too. Oh, yeah? I watched How was that. It? I stopped. It was good. I mean, especially the 
finale was really just performances of old contestants, which I enjoyed. I haven't watched the show in the past four seasons, but it was fun to see people come back. Adam Lambert not present because he was filming Rocky Horror, which was a bummer. But again, I was just noting how many of those people I've seen on the stage and just... A, thanking American Idol for bringing them to me, and B, cursing American Idol for turning them into pop continually stars. using, well, continually using Broadway as a pejorative term, mm. being like, that sounded a little Broadway. And you're like, that, no. And then I'm like, Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood are your two superstars out of 15 seasons. A lot of people have done pretty well, but anyone else who's found great success has been on Broadway or in movies. Mm-hmm. So suck it. Well, yeah, and also like whatever. It's like that American Idol nonsense, like non-music terms, where they're just like that sounded too Broadway, <laughs> and you're like, what is yeah. that Broadway? Can what does that even mean? Be lots of things. Yeah. Or like, wasn't Harry Connick Jr. getting in there and being like, none of these words are words. Music. Oh yeah. Music is real. Right. right. Yeah. When he because he first was a mentor, which I saw like not like a straight up judge he came in on a maybe big band week or something and was helping them with their songs and was like why are you telling them these things that aren't actually things <laughs> <laughs> like pitchy is a word but it's not helpful right am i sharp am i flat why am i sharp why am i flat right as opposed to just being like you sound really pitchy which is like their favorite like, okay, thing to say great. Yeah. Well, Ryan Seacrest cryptically ended the show with good night, and then the lights went out, and then said for now in his oh, microphone. God. So that's creepy. It could be like an America's Next Top Model fake out situation. Fuck off, American Idol. Come on. Where they like re. I mean, or if it do you think Ryan Seacrest was saying for now for himself? Maybe. Listen, uh, because I did love American Idol for such a long time, I got bored with it at the end. But if they did some sort of regroup and came back with this, you know, a different format or something else, I would give it a chance at first Mm -hmm. just to see what they came up with Hmm. and probably maybe toss it aside. I don't know. But I would I would see what they did. But also they cannot come back and that's fine. (laughs) But, like, what a weird thing to say. Yeah. He didn't say Seacrest out. He didn't say Seacrest out. He should have said, like, Seacrest out forever. (laughs) I don't know. Something. Maybe he thought his mic was off when he said for now. And he was saying that to himself, being like, Ryan Seacrest, you'll be back on TV soon. I don't know. It was weird. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. We also have casting for the all-female Taming of the Shrew at Central Park. Do you think you'll be interested in seeing this? Possibly. I'm super interested also because I'm pretty familiar with Taming of the Shrew. That's the one that um, Liz Taylor was in the movie of? I don't know, actually. Uh, it's it's what Kiss Me Kate is, essentially. Uh, they're doing Taming of the Shrew, and then also their character's sort of embody the actual characters in Taming the Shrew. So who... Like the play within a musical. Who we have casting? We have casting. So Kush Jumbo, who's from... I love her! The Good Wife. Oh my god! 
Yes. I love her. She's so good uh-huh. on The Good Wife. I want to marry Luca. Yeah, she's great. Oh, she's a dreamboat. She's going to be Catherine. Cool. I don't know who that is, but and sure. Just tell me who's in it, because I don't know who these characters okay. are. Okay, fair. fair. She's Kate? Wait, is she Kate? She's Kiss Me Kate? Yeah, she's Kate. That's she's exciting! Kate. Oh my god! I'm so excited! <laughs> I'm so excited that I get to see her, because The Good Wife is ending, and like I've enjoyed getting to know her character so well. I know. I oh know. My god. Um uh Janet McTeer is Petruchio. Okay. Who's her, you know, love interest. Oh. Um other people uh who Candy Buckley. <gasps> I love Candy Buckley. I know. Also super excited, Donna Lynn Champlin. Oh my god. I know. This is exciting. Judy Gold. <gasps> what? Yes. Annel Nathan. Oh my god. Uh, I don't recognize any of these other names, but we either will recognize them when we see them right. or Oh my god. I, I'm in. I'm us, in. I want to see this. I want to see this. I think it'll be really interesting because also I'll be interesting to see you see this. I think this should be the only version of the Taming of the Shrew you see because uh-huh. it's very much about like gender and gender politics, but obviously in a Shakespearean era. Right, right. So it's very problematic. Right. I mean, I've seen um, Kiss Me, Kate. Right, exactly. So I think it'll be really interesting to see it done with all females. I believe they're doing pants rolls, though, but uh, still, like, that aspect of it. Cool. Yeah. I'm in! <laughs> good. I'm glad you want to see I it, because I think it'll in. be a good conversation, at least. Honestly, the most exciting thing to me, the thing that is like number one making me want to see this is is Kush because like yeah. I just loved her so much on The Good Wife and I want to see her in something. Yeah, well, and she's I'm excited because she's British. She's when British. Wife, yes. <laughs> Holy shit! And when The Good Wife's ending, I always am worried that the Brits will yeah. leave us forever. Yeah, don't leave us. I didn't so even know she was British. Her American accent is fantastic. Holy yeah, shit! Yeah, she's great. Damn. Yeah, so we'll at least get to see her in this, and maybe she'll be really well-received and stick around. That would be fantastic. I wonder if she can sing. I don't know. Let me look at her. Let me see what she's done, because obviously she's done musicals. It looks like she's mostly done plays. Okay. Yeah, it doesn't look like she's done any musicals, but maybe. Cool. Doesn't mean she can't sing. Yeah, definitely. So this will be exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. When's that start? May 24th through June 26th. Cool. Yeah. Soon, soon. I'm ready. And it's directed by a woman also. Who? Philida, Philida, I don't know how to say her name. Philida or Philida Lloyd. Cool. Never heard of her. Yeah. Congratulations. She directed Mamma Mia. <gasps> <laughs> oh my god i hope she directs this show in the same style <laughs> probably she also <laughs> did the, the all-female henry the fourth at saint anne's warehouse oh cool uh so you know she knows what she's doing more casting so much casting so we previously talked about how sun foster is going to be on gilmore girls yeah 
joining Sutton Foster on Gilmore Girls is her ex-husband, Christian Borle. What? And Carrie Butler. Carrie Butler? Oh, my God. Wait, who are they playing? So they are doing, also spoilers, I guess, if you don't want to know about Gilmore Girls. There, there's a new article, the Entertainment Weekly this week is like about the reboot. So they have some uh, some storylines or whatever. So if you don't want to know, again, do the 15 second. Mm. They are going to be in Stars Hollow the Musical. What? What does that mean? Well, I, I mean, it doesn't seem off story. Because it seems a little like Waiting for Guffman, like Taylor's probably like, let's do a musical about the history of Stars Hollow. Okay, okay. You know? Um, and then who knows about them? My, I hope they're like ringers. <laughs> that he like gets to come in, you know? That would Maybe be not playing themselves, but like obviously they're not regular people. Right, right. <laughs> they're Sutton Foster, Carrie Butler, and Christian Borle. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that Sutton Foster and Christian Borle are working together. I'm I'm assuming amicably. Yeah. I think it, it's not as much of a thing as we thought it was. Definitely. Way back when. I mean, I certainly don't think it Which was much great. of a thing as we like to pretend. When we, like, like hated Christian Yeah, Barrel. when we were like, ew, we hate Christian Barl because he was married. <laughs> he he broke Sutton Foster's heart. <laughs> also, this Playbill article keeps calling the, it a film film which was confusing me because i was like wait they're going to be in a film in the show which i uh, hmm. they're 90 minute episodes but it's still they're not so they're like right, so film it's like, length but it, they're not films right oh also i missed this part that's part of this article janine tesori is writing the music oh for my Star god the musical that's exciting oh my god i'm yeah. so excited about this gilmore girls boot like reboot it's, it's getting more and more exciting i'm very excited <sighs> Fantastic. Super, super, super excited. I'm so excited that Carrie Butler is going to be on TV. I know. I love when Carrie Butler's on TV. Me too. More casting of something we can't see, <laughs> which is the LA concert of The Little Mermaid. Mm. One of those Hollywood Bowl concerts. They've added another date because it was so popular. Sarah Bareilles is playing. Ariel. That's weird. I mean, not for these concerts. Yeah, like, that's these true. Casting, this casting is weird, but like when I sit and think about some of it's great, some of it's weird, like these concerts as a whole, I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Right. Like like standard casting, Darren Chris is Prince Eric. That makes sense. Titus Burgess is Sebastian. Sure. Genius. Norm Lewis is coming back as King Triton. Yeah! Great. Weird casting along with Sarah Bareilles. Rebel Wilson is Ursula. That's weird. I mean, it. Uh, she's just so young for it in my mind. Yeah. I mean, she's not. It's. I guess she's not. Well, I don't you know. can sort of be any age, I guess. Yeah. But generally, can she's she older. Sing? We think her. Well, so she can. Because um, in Pitch Perfect, she's doing her own singing. And I've seen her on like, uh, you know, talk shows or whatever where she sings a little and whatever she can and i think you can be ursula and you can blow it out like Cher renee scott or you can be ursula and do like a character voice totally so i think she'll be fine yeah and if not fine better than fine you know great who knows yeah and john stamos is chef louis 
<laughs> Which I think is really weird. That's really bizarre and hilarious and funny. Yeah. That's great. And just some kid is flounder. I don't know who this kid is. Cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's happening. The good thing about these concerts is that they usually, sorry, everyone who hates bootlegging, are usually available to watch in clips on YouTube. Yep. Fairly soon after. Yeah. So we can see how great Rebel Wilson is. Fantastic. Yeah. A casting shakeup on the Broadway. That Cirque show Paramore apparently not only has a leading man, but the leading man has been replaced. Who was it before? Nobody. No, we it know. Was, of. <laughs> it was Bradley Dean. So, yes. Nobody and is going to be Jeremy Kushner. I'm so curious. If, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm. Not, I'm like slightly more curious to see this show. I mean, not like. Yeah, sure. You know, I'd take a free ticket, but I've seen a Cirque show before. Yeah, <clears throat> I've I saw one that apparently wasn't very Cirque like. So I guess I would be more interested to see this. I saw Slava's Snow Show, which is more like a family. Mm family show so it wasn't as like aerial and interesting hmm. uh my my roommate at the time took me to see it because she loves Cirque and then was like super disappointed that uh, that's the one that I saw that's <laughs> funny I saw I mean I don't even it wasn't like this was like right when Cirque was getting really popular when I was like a teenager and mm-hmm. it was like touring through Seattle and we saw some just like straight up Cirque show and it's like cool yeah. and beautiful and, yeah. uh, you know, it's like going to a fancy circus. It's a lot of, like, tricks. Yeah, interesting. I, I think it's interesting when Cirque Show is, when a Cirque Show tours, because I feel like it's so, like, you have to must do so much, hmm. but maybe not. Uh, I mean, like, maybe it was the... a sit-down in Seattle. I don't fucking, I was, like, 14 or something. Well, I, I'm not actually at, like, I just remember a lot of, like, you. contortion and, mm-hmm. you know, like, people balancing in weird body parts on each other and, <laughs> you know, like, this guy is only standing on his little toe and then he's holding another dude in his hand who's standing yeah. on his head and stuff like that. But hey, yeah. you know, you put a musical theater actor in there. Now I'm more interested. That's all the casting. Just one thing I wanted us to talk about was that a really adorable video of Marin Amazing trying on her King and I gown. Oh my god, wait. I didn't even watch the video. I just saw like the screen pictures. Oh, yeah. She does like a really sweet twirl. Oh my you god! You should watch it. Watch it right now. Watch it right now. Oh. Find it and watch it. Oh no. Oh, I'm watching oh, it right now. Okay, I'm watching it. Oh, twirl, twirl, girl. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Collapse to the floor. Yes. Oh, oh my I god. Wear that dress. I know you do. I know you do. I want to wear it. Collapse to the floor. Oh my god. And I just am loving her natural hair. Oh yeah. She looks great. Keep going. There you go. 
my mom just this past like my mom <gasps> I saw been growing her she hasn't colored her hair in a, a long time like and she was letting her gray grow out which is like a huge deal for her and then she got the haircut so all of the colored is off and now it's all mm-hmm. gray and her hair my mom's hair actually looks just like Marin's it's more gray though it's true yeah um but yeah it's a very it's a, a very very monumental moment in my mom's life Oh, Marin, amazing. I gotta watch it again. Collapse to the floor. Oh. Oh, Oh, she's... I can't wait to see her! You know you watching it with the sound on, that sound is gonna be... Yes. (laughs) I realize that now. But people will know what I'm watching. I know, it's fine. It's also... Oh, I want... I heard that... King and I is on TDF for Marin's first date, and I can't go because oh, we're fantastic. seeing American Psycho that night. Right. But, so, but just you people, you people out there that want to see a Marin Amazing and our TDF members, get on that. Yeah. Excellent. One more thing we have is the Times Square Alliance and the city are trying to figure out what to do about these costumed characters. <laughs> And one of the things is that they're going to be regulated to certain areas. Oh, what does that mean? I think it just means that, like, they, you know, they can't go wherever they want. Hmm. Like, so you sort of have to go to them. Right. If you want to go take a picture with a, like, off-brand Elmo, <laughs> you have to go I feel to like them. that is going to create <laughs> conflicts because they're all going to be cooped up in one spot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a right, you know, if there's a right answer to this. Because the most frustrating thing is technically they can be out there. Yeah. And as long as they're not, again, it's a semantics thing. As long as they're not requiring you to pay, as long as it's a tip. Right. Then they can legally be doing what they're doing. But obviously they get aggressive with tips and like that creates a problem. Right. Well, also because people don't, you know, aren't expecting that it's something that you need to pay for. And some people even think that it's just like they're just out there like promoting something. Yeah. And that they're not just like random people trying to make a living. Yeah. So there are going to be um, activity zones is what it's going to be called where (laughs) they can be. And there's, if you look at this playbill, if you look at the playbill article on this, there's, there's a map. It's really small. So it's kind of, when I zoomed in on it, it's like, it's not a high res. So Mm. it just blurred out. Mm. But the purple areas, if you're looking at this map are flow zones. So that's where they wouldn't be. Mm. So essentially we would just walk around them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) weird i did see the other day that it, when i was walking through times square there was a sign like a little a-frame somewhere that was like you know said something about like you don't have to tip like oh that's not good required. so there was some sort of sign that's good so this also covered by these people, though, or by these areas, will be all the comedy show guys. Mm-hmm. 
So they'll have to stay in those areas too. So it looks like the sidewalks and things where those people are, a lot of the times, they won't be able to stand anymore. Interesting. Well, maybe that will make the flow through Times Square a more more swift. Yeah. I mean, and maybe everyone else who wants to stop and look will abide by, like, these are walking areas. Hmm. That's a stopping area. <laughs> That's funny. We'll see. Probably not. Yep. Carolee, 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 update! If you see a show this week, see if you can score 100% on the Playbill quiz, because guess what? Mm -hmm. It's about Carolee Carmelo. I looked at it, and I think I scored 100%. I knew the answers to all of them. (laughs) I mean, come on. (laughs) I love that she's the Playbill quiz! That means that every single person that's seeing a Broadway show this month is going to see pictures of Carol Lee. It's really nice. I know. And she was so excited about it. I mean, it's pretty exciting. It's super exciting. And also, I think, like, you know, then you you have to be a bit of a Broadway veteran to get in those Playbill quizzes. Oh, yeah. You have to have enough credits first of all mm-hmm. to to be a question yeah you have to have at least five broadway credits mm-hmm. <laughs> but i'm happy for her i wonder if this is her first time being the quiz i wonder how long they've even done the quiz for it's been as long as i think and i've been seeing question. broadway shows oh definitely it's always been a quiz in my playbills i think anyway congratulations carolee carmelo on your playbill quiz you did it girl <laughs> She says she's beyond flattered. Now it's time for the Audra McDonald Tweet Tweet of the Week. On April 6th at 5.18 p.m., Audra McDonald retweeted Laura Benanti's tweet that said, Being out of the show is my least favorite thing in the world. I've I've been pushing through sick for so long. Time to listen to the docs. And Audra's comment was, Listen to your docs, my dear. Sending you throat coat and Grether's pastilles infused wishes. XO. Aww. Aww. That's nice. I was like looking at Laura's Twitter the other day and was shocked at how, like, I I don't know. I was like, oh my God, girl, like, people, leave her alone. Like, she was tweeting to every single person, tweeting, being like, I'm so sorry I'm out of the show. And it made me sad that she was putting, like, that she felt she had to do that, I guess. Well, and. She posted her doctor's note the other day. Yeah, and she posted a picture of her back with that rash. (gasps) Yeah. And I was like, girl, girl. I know from the prednisone, like both of these ladies, and I get it because they're such troopers, and especially Laura has had like bad press that shouldn't have been bad press about missing shows. Right. Like maybe that's that, why I think is where this is coming yeah. from. Like she's like, I'm really sick, you guys. I'm really, really sick. Like I don't think she needed an actual doctor's note. Right. But was probably like, can you write me a note? I know. I just feel bad. And, I'm, you know, I'm sad that she that this is something that is like causing her stress when she's already sick. When you're already sick, and Audra, you know, was going through the same thing at the beginning of Shuffle Along too. Yeah. Like she was sick, and I think. 
I think everybody just needs to understand that these people are people. Yeah, that's part. And like, obviously, that is the privilege of living in New York is like, oh, no, they're sick. I'll see them another time or whatever. And if you traveled and this was your one opportunity, like that sucks. Yeah. Nobody is saying that that doesn't suck. But that's life. And Audra McDonald is sick and Larbin Auntie is sick and their bodies are need. They need to take care of themselves. Yeah. Like it could just as easily be you sick if they're in the show and you flew to New York specifically to see it. You could be the person who's sick and doesn't get to go. Right. And they're not going to write you a mean letter and be like, why weren't you at my show? (laughs) (laughs) To be like, I was too sick. I really wanted to come. It was the whole reason I came here. And they'll be like, well, you should have made it. (laughs) That's not going to happen. So don't do that to them. Just send positive energy to Laura Benanti and Audra McDonald. Get better, ladies. Take care of yourselves. Take care of yourselves. Save the gift. Mm Mm-hmm. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go Go see live theater. theater!